0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro for Follow Your Podcast. This is your co-host Jay Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack Lancer. Welcome in, brother man. How you doing?
1: Uh doing good man. You know, this is like the the, the thing I look forward to most during the week. You know, survive work, came home, talk to my wife, talk to the kid right quick. It's like, alright, gotta go upstairs, I gotta lay this down with uh with the captain of the ship, Jay Chima, but dude, I'm good. So you know, Another uh, another wild week of football. You know, head injuries are the hot topic in the NFL, and uh, certain quarterbacks' personal life is you know it's always been a hot topic of the NFL throughout the season. But now uh, now we seem to be going you know DEFCON two uh, in this player's personal life. But you know I'm doing all right, man. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, just the uh, hat. What is it? One fourth of the NFL season. Well, one fourth ish of the NFL season is almost over. We're at that quarter mark of the season where we understand. Who's the real players? Who's going to be kind of, you know, not the best team? So it's good, man. You're getting into the season. I always say the first three, four weeks, it's just about you getting into the season. Then you really know who the players are. And we're starting to get a a good picture of what the NFL season is going to look like for the next, I would say, what, 13 weeks. So we'll get all to that. But before we get to any of that, I want to touch on this uh, Tom Brady-Giselle Bündchen story that came out a couple days ago where apparently... The marriage is on the rocks. Uh, I guess it's no shock to any of us you that... don't say. Right? It's no shock to any of us that they hired divorce lawyers. And it looks like the process of divorce is going to be happening for those guys. And, and to be true with you, like, I mean, what do we expect? I mean, at this point, we knew it was going to happen. And, and I knew it personally. I personally knew it was going to happen about when he when he came back from out of retirement. I mean, that's that's a, that's a straight-up middle finger to Giselle who's been trying to get him to retire all this time. And he's, he actually retired, gave her this, like, false sense of retirement, and the next thing you know, he's back at it. So, I mean, that was the first indication I knew that this was definitely on the rocks. But then about two weeks ago, nobody picked up on this, but remember on the Wednesdays where he's not supposed to be at practice? Remember two weeks ago he was at practice on a Wednesday and he was not mm-hmm. spending time with the family? I, at that point, I was like, 100% it's going to happen. Tom Brady's going to go ahead and, you know, divorce Giselle. And uh, it's no surprise to any of us that this thing's on the rocks. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we had this conversation, what, a couple of weeks ago. It's just, it's just sad. It's just sad to see what Giselle is doing to Tom Brady, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, she, at the end of the day, can't see... How much he loves the game of football, been doing it since he was eight years old. She was not even in the picture for another 20 years before he even you know fell in love with the game, and she's trying to rip this man's heart out. So good for you, Tom Brady. Dump that bag, all right. You'll find somebody better.
1: Yeah.
0: And free up, free up, you know, your mental, you know, uh the the the, uh, the amount of your brain that you give to Giselle. Just free that up for football and give us five more solid years, baby. Let's go, let's oh go, God. let's go, Brady. Yeah, he's
1: gonna play till fifty. Let's okay. go. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Oh
0: what he could have played till forty five and he can't play till fifty? What are we talking about here?
1: I mean, I think I you know I'm I'm gonna kind of co-sign to what Ian Rappaport and other insiders have been saying is you know, I think he's gonna be done at the end of the season, regardless. I mean, he was already he was fielding overtures to go to the Miami Dolphins anyways. There were led you know, there were allegations, you know, and it seemed like it was on good authority that you know they he was going to get you know part ownership stake with the with the Miami Dolphins. And I even said this earlier way back when on the podcast uh, when we first started out uh, when it was I think it was twenty nineteen when we were going over the retirement return you know scenarios. And you know, ultimately, like, and I, I kind of said this then too, ultimately, I think he wants to be in the ownership box of an NFL team. Like there were comments being made about, you know, he was unhappy with how. Some of the player personnel decisions were being done with the team at the time. And he he said straight up, like, well, you know, wish I had more input in the team development, or, you know, maybe one day I'll get to that point in my life where I'll be able to make, you know, player personnel decisions. So I think ultimately, like his end goal is going to be a, you know, maybe start off as a minority owner of a team, you know, kind of like what Magic Johnson did with the the Dodgers even though I think he's a majority owner type of deal, but I, I think he's definitely going to get his foot in the door with the football team uh, as an owner. But, you know, we, we talked about this uh, two, three weeks ago in the pod. I mean, yeah, he, he, sure. He wants to play till he's 45. He wants to play till he's 65, whatever. But like the fact of the matter is, and you know, this is someone's personal life. So, you know, I'm not going to air the dirty laundry, but you know, if you, you're married to someone and you say, all right, like I'm going to do this by this time. That's it. I'm done, you know, whatever. And then you renege on that. You know, I don't care who the hell you are. Like there are going to be consequences for that. Whether or not your significant other is pissed, pissed off enough to fly down to Costa Rica and not live with you anymore. Like that's, that's part of the part of life. Like if you renege on your word, there are consequences. So you know, is it going to improve his play? Maybe, maybe not. You know, Brady always struck me as the guy that would not let outside influences affect his game. And, you know, I think it did creep in this season. I said that two weeks ago. And it, I think, you know, you would be, you know, mute, you know, numb to the fact of thinking that he's just going to shut off like his you know, marriage potentially falling apart. But. You know, is it going to improve the outlook of the season? I don't think so. I mean, Giselle divorcing him or him divorcing her isn't going to fix the offensive line. Todd Bowles as a def- head coach and a defensive coordinator. You know, the player staying healthy. So it's just like another discussion in the road of Tom Brady this season.
0: See, I, I truly believe this whole football thing is just the uh, the, the crutch these two need. Because I truly believe at the end of the day, they probably don't love each other anymore. And like they're just using this football thing as as something to to use as the, the pushing over the boundary mark to go into divorce court, right? So like what I don't understand is if if Tom Brady was to retire at the end of the year, she can't wait three more months. Like she literally can't wait three more months. We're in October. Yeah, What are we, uh, November, December, maybe one game in January, two games in January. You can't wait three months. I truly yeah, believe but... these two just hate each other now, and she's just tired of his ass. And he's probably tired of her as well, and they're just ready to call it a day.
1: No, I, I think, it, honestly, this has been a discussion more than just this season, and there's probably been contentious discussions over the last couple of years about it. And he finally, air quote, acquiesced to a point. again, it comes back down to, You know, you tell your partner one thing and then 45 days later you renege on it. There are going to be consequences. Like if the roles were reversed, you know, maybe he's going to feel a certain type of way. Maybe he's not going to feel a certain type of way. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I know my people, Jay, like the Brazilians are fucking psychotic. Okay. (laughs) And I'm saying that as a fellow Brazilian, my father is from Belo Horizonte, uh, you know, born and raised uh, out there, oh, came to that. America in the 70s. So <laughs> I'm not, a I'm not, name on us. <laughs> I'm not speaking. Yeah, you know, me, Belo Horizonte, you know, if you're speaking Portuguese and, you know, it's in the state of Minas Gerais. And no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying anything out of pocket. I think if there's other Brazilian listeners on here, I think they would co-sign like we're fucking nuts and we're hotheads. And you you give this, you give someone your word and you reneg on it. You're going to. Get In the but, eye of a hurricane, but like
0: Puma, that, that word that he gave her back in 2000, when he was 28, right? I believe it was 27, 28. I want 10 more years around 37, and then I'll walk away, bro. You, but like at, at that point in time in his life, he didn't understand where he was gonna be at 37, 10 years down the road, and like what I'm saying is like. Yes, I get it. Your word has some meaning. But, like, you can't change your plans? Like, is that is that the gist? That once you say something, is basically set in stone and you can never change?
1: Please, come on, man. Yeah, there's but Jay, a here's lot the thing. More. Poo, here's there's the there's thing. a lot
0: more deep down in this thing yeah, than, and, than just football.
1: And here's the thing. He's 45, right? How old's Giselle? Oh, God. like 43. Okay. So, did, like... You know, now we're going to get to, air quote, the golden years. But you know what I mean? Like, maybe she just wants to have Tom. And yeah, sure. It's going to be, you know, like she said in, I think, a Vogue article. It's, you know, finally it's my time type of deal. Oh, like, there there are two sides self, every story, Joe. So, like, uh, Jay, I, like
0: you See, that's the problem with marrying somebody that hot. And somebody that, like, powerful. They, the ego inside of her has got to be, like, insane. Like, you've got to understand, Puma, that, like, this isn't oh, about. Oh, please. This Tom is, Brady
1: doesn't got an ego. He, well, Tom, Tom Brady does not have an ego. He's the greatest American. He's the ever. humblest guy oh, of all my time. Gosh. Dude, pick 199, comes, like, where, you please. know, walks in the
0: door 5 o'clock in the morning, leaves at, leaves after everybody else. He's the most humble guy Oh, yeah, is, no Puma. ego. Come on. Stop it. Humble. Listen, all right. Let me ask you this. Do you think, with how crazy Giselle is and all these like stupid witch rumors out there, do you think he's got a she's got
1: a voodoo doll of of Tom Brady? I don't know, Major Brazilian, probably. <laughs> dude, dude, there's you know there's an old saying: "Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned." I'm just gonna leave it at that. You don't yeah. have to. It don't matter what nationality, ethnicity, creed. You know, you cross a female, you know, that's you know, you play stupid games, you're gonna get stupid consequences. If there's a voodoo doll. I mean, it would not surprise me.
0: Puma, you, you seem like you like are the kind of guy that's like pissed off enough women over the years. To have a voodoo doll of you stashed away somewhere. I probably. can see it now with the glasses, stupid
1: dolphin shirt, curly hair, and somebody's fucking pricking you. <laughs> probably. Would I be surprised if there's like a voodoo doll hanging around? Again, probably not. It might explain a few things. But you're, sitting no. on,
0: you're sitting on the couch. You got a sharp pain in your liver. Oh, what was that?
1: <laughs> yeah, why, why do I have a pain in my ribcage? cage? Oh, you know, someone from New Hampshire. Oh, great, oh, sick. Man.
0: But listen, at the end of the day, Puma, that, that whole Brady Zell thing, like I don't understand how he's going to divorce her and then quit football. You feel I me? Mean? Like I feel like that would be an even bigger slap in the face. Or maybe, you know. Oh, what? why not,
1: Jay? You know, it'd be, it'd be the ultimate, like he came back just to prove Adam Schefter wrong. Why not, cut? you know, retire to get ownership of a team, of a football team, after you divorced your wife just to, you know, spite her type of deal. Hey, look, God, I actually retired. You couldn't wait like X amount of months. Yep. Yeah. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Plus, he, again, he looks like he'd rather be, you know, driving the kids through uh, the, the the carpool lane at school right now anyways.
0: All I'm saying is now he's got 100% of his mental capacity devoted to football, okay? Like, he's about to go into demon-unlock-god mode, okay? Like, we thought Brady was great oh, before. Okay. You wait till he dumps the baggage of Giselle and he's mentally right. Bro, it's going to be like...
1: That's gonna fix the offensive line. <laughs> it might. You never know. That's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna fix Julio Jones. He played <laughs> one game and he got a bone bruise on his knee. He finally played three weeks later. Scotty yeah. Miller. That we're getting juiced up on Scotty Miller. Hey, Rashad Perriman. Yeah, I, hell, hell. Even even what's his name? My my boy, uh, Cole Beasley. He was there a cup of coffee, fourteen mm. days if that. And he comes out today and says he retired. And I, I thought this was kind of funny, a little bit interesting. In the statement released by the agent, it said he uh, he's ready to spend time, be with his family, and be a better father. And I'm like, wow, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's probably not, it's not a shot across anybody's bow. It's just like considering the situation that Cole Beasley went to. And, like, the outside factors that may or may not be affecting Tom Brady's, you know, on-field performance. I thought that was an interesting sentence by Cole Beasley's agent today. Listen,
0: all, all I'm saying is the last thing we'll do, we'll, we'll ask and debate before we move on. Remember a couple of weeks ago you said Tom Brady looks old, right? Remember he does that? look old. He oh, looks oh, like he came oh, out of oh, oh, he looked Oh, he looked old against the Kansas City Chiefs Puma? He, squ- he, he was 39 out of 52, 75% completion percentage. Yeah, why were they 39 of 52? 52?
1: 385 why were they 39 of 52? 385 Why was he 39 of 52? and a he said 70- Twenty-seven QBR. point hole. He's in a twenty-seven point oh, hole. Oh, he they went, went away you, from the run you game. to played defense, and Tom Bowles well? couldn't stop defense.
0: Well, what? Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, like I said, my main point that day was it's not just Tom Brady who's old. Everything around him is shit.
1: Like he yeah, but Jay, you and can't tell me fine. he Does not look like he would. You're telling me he doesn't look. He looks happy in Tampa Bay. No, he no, he looks like he's story. ready to come back this next year. Different story. Different he looks story. old, dude. You he said looks like he, he lost like fifty old. freaking pounds. He came out of a camp. He got dinged up. I'm surprised he threw okay, that much okay. with the the hit he got on his shoulder. Like, it is what it is. Father Time's going to catch up, no matter how much avocado ice cream you eat, how many linemen you get on the TB12 program, or some witch doctor voodoo magic with your boy Alex Guerrero. Like, it's going to happen. It's not an accident. It looks like it came out of, like, you know, a gulag for for, uh, coming off of an 11-day vacation. Like, it's a mix of missing time at training camp. He is getting old. Like, yeah, sure, he threw 53 times on Sunday because he had to because the team was in that much of a hole. But is he going to throw 53 times throughout the rest of the season? I bet you he
0: could. I bet you he could. Okay.
1: I bet you he could. All
0: I'm saying is, at the end of the day, that team around him has gone to shit. He's still himself. Like, if you watch him throw the football, I see absolutely no slippage at all. No old arm, no falling off the cliff bullshit. Yeah, the rest of it around him is going to shit. And I'll agree with that. I mean, that, that, I tell you what, Todd Bowles, we had this conversation before. I don't understand how he got another head coaching job. Like, there have been, there have been sneaky times over the past, like, two years where that defense has gone absolutely torched like yeah he'll go up and beat up against the saints and beat up on the falcons but there's times where he just shifts the Ben and he cannot correct it so that's all i'm saying puma is i think the man can play five more years once he dumps giselle let's go 50 here we come let's
1: go good luck <laughs> godspeed <laughs>
0: All right, let's move on to the 3-1 and one Miami Dolphins taking on the 2-2 two and two New York Jets. Uh, the main storyline coming out of this game is the fact that Tua has already been ruled out with a concussion. So let me turn it over to you, bro. I know it's your team, you love the Dolphins. How do you feel about Teddy Bridgewater? How confident are you? You guys can go up there and beat the Jets.
1: I mean, I think Teddy's going to be all right. I mean, we saw, we, we saw that he was, you know, he was serviceable in relief uh, on Thursday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, he was, he was pushing the ball down the field some. Uh, you know, there was a back-breaking interception. I mean, that team was still in it up until that point. But, you know, that was miscommunication. He wasn't running with the ones a whole lot. And Gasecki ran the wrong route. Um. Otherwise, I think if they're on the same page, Gusecki makes that, they move the chains. But also, if Tua didn't get hurt, I think, you know, the Dolphins mm-hmm. win that yep. game outright against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, I'm just happy the team's actually able to go up to, uh, you know, MetLife in the Meadowlands, you know, because of everybody that, you know, got their PhDs on Thursday night uh-huh. from the Harvard School of uh-huh. Twitter, Twitter uh, Medicine you Know basically calling for malpractice and people going to jail. And you know, if if Tua dies on the field, it's on that. It's like, okay, let's pump the brakes. But long story short, getting to the sticking with this game real quick. I think the Dolphins win this game. I don't quite understand how the line is at minus three, in my opinion. I think this should be Dolphins minus one. You know, no disrespect to uh Teddy, two, uh, you know, two gloves, Bridgewater, but you know, the Jets. They should have lost that game against the Steelers. That defense was get, getting picked apart in the second, you know, end of the first half, uh, and then the, the you know the second half of football. Kenny Pickett was you know moving the ball effectively, but you know Kenny Pickett, being a rookie, had three turnovers, and you know Zach Wilson looked good. There were a couple of throws that made you scratch your head and wonder what are you doing. But I think the Dolphins win this game. It's at a forty-six total. I like this has a chance of going over just because yeah the Dolphins front four front seven are decent but that secondary is not good you know Byron Jones is still IR they they were potentially hoping to activate him off of IR today and he they have the 21 day window but he's not progressing like they expected him to in his recovery Xavier Howard he left the Bengals game with a quad injury Um, he was going into that game dinged up anyways and, you know, there's a couple of rookies in the secondary, so I think this has a chance of going over. But I think Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater is going to do enough to keep the team in the game, uh, and I think the Dolphins win. I have the Dolphins at minus three. I'm not like the most entirely, you know, confident in that bet, but you know, I have the Dolphins laying uh, the three points right here.
0: Yeah, man, I got, the, I got the Jets winning, and um, I just simply, I, I was impressed with Zach Wilson. I liked what I saw out of him. Yeah, at the end of the day, he had two interceptions, and for the most part, you know, that really kind of made his stat line look much worse than it really was, but I, I wanted to see how he would look, you know, game one, you know, of his second year, obviously, he had the first four, three, three weeks off because of his knee injury, but it, I was impressed with what I saw out of him. I know last year, he was very herky-jerky. He was very... Uh, unsure of of his reads of getting the ball that quickly he would hold on to it too long he was trying to run around and do that whole bullshit of trying to make a bigger play than what was there Um, I think this what I saw out of the Pittsburgh game and give it us one sample size I want to see how he performs this week against the Miami Dolphins I was impressed with how quickly and efficiently he had the offense moving and how quickly the ball came out of his hand so I liked what I saw Zach Wilson hopefully he can grow off of that um, and hopefully the, the Jets can win against the Dolphins. And for me personally, I, I just have no faith in Teddy Bridgewater. I'm sorry, like I—he's—you know me—I have this extreme hatred for backup quarterbacks that hang around for ten years are absolute trash. Move from team to team, whereas Teddy Bridgewater, Tyra Taylor, Brian Or, whoever it is, the second you need them to jump in and actually perform, they crap the bed. And, and Teddy Bridgewater did that the other night against the the, the, the Dolphins, where I'm sorry, against the uh, the Bengals, where he threw that interception. And yeah, we can blame it on the the wide receiver falling down, but. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and that's what costs them the game. You guys were driving to win the game. So the one question I want to ask you real quick is: obviously, you you follow up on the on the Dolphins quite quite a bit. What's the early speculation of how long Tua is going to be out, and how much of the playbook can Teddy Bridgewater run? Is it going to be a complete like, hey, whatever Tua ran, Teddy can run as well kind of thing, or is it going to be dialed back a little bit?
1: I think Tua is going to be able to run the not Tua Teddy's going to be able to run the same playbook that Tua has been running. I mean, we 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 saw that on uh, on Thursday night to an extent, and I think I think Mike McNeil's going to have enough faith in in the veteran presence of Teddy to do this. Uh, you know, maybe they lean a little bit more on the run, but the Jets are like you know okay at run defense. So, they, and they haven't been able to establish the run a whole lot this season in the first place. Um, but I, I think they'll be able to have the playbook open. You know, for for Teddy as they were doing with Tua um, timeline for Tua uh i ex- personally i expect him to be back next week oh, wow. um, but you know th- th- it, d- it depends i mean it's all gonna be coming down the protocol and whether or not you know the nfl pa and the nfl uh decide to change up the protocol whether or not he's gonna be affected by that i mean at this point we're 10 days removed already from it so what's you know what's another week so now we're 17. at you know, 17 days or yeah. so so like, you know, yeah, there's, it's not a linear injury. There's always post-concussive symptoms. I mean, you can look at anybody in major league baseball uh, specifically Jim Edmonds. I mean, he got concussions all the time by running into the outfield wall. And that's why his career got cut short. You know, there's always post-concussion syndromes. It's it's going to come down to whether or not he clears those hurdles, but every report that's been coming out has been, you know, trending on the positive side and, He's had like he's had good you know in, air quote clean you know MRIs ever since he's gotten back from you know the Bengals game and I mean yeah, they cleared him to fly the mm-hmm. air fly on the yeah. airplane. Yep. like typically if you have a concussion, you don't fly the next day or you don't fly that night. Because, you know, it it could potentially, you know, with a brain bleed at altitude in a pressurized cabin, you know, you could potentially die from that. So I don't think there's a a big scheme of malpractice going from the Dolphins, you know, medical staff all the way to the University of Cincinnati, you know, uh, hospital. That's the only level one trauma center out there. So. You know, I personally expect him to be back next week, but again, it's it's all going to come down to the optics of what's been going on recently and and what and you know I don't think Mike McDaniel's is going to rush it either, but that's kind of where I'm reading the tea leaves.
0: Yeah, and it looks like from what I read on on Twitter today, um, from verified sources, was the fact that they're trying to wrap up the investigation before Thursday night's game tomorrow night, um, and they're trying to get that information out there just so they can print the past and move on from it.
1: Sweet. Yeah, all the malpractice in the world. Yeah, because we already – this is my thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent real it. quick. Everybody that had, everyone that had something to say about, like, the dolphins and the Tua and, and and how, like, you know, the medical staff is trying to get them killed and the independent neurological uh, appointee is trying to get Tua, Tua killed. It, it's one of three things, okay? It's either malpractice by the independent neurological specialist and the medical staff it's either he number two, he did not show signs of a concussion. And there's also video. You can go back and watch the game tape. uh, Like I have, there was a play. I believe it was in the first half where they were on the goal line and Tua went in for a QB sneak. He didn't get through and he, he ran into a mass of humanity and he came up from the bottom of the pile Looking lame, looking a little gimpy and wobbly and whatnot, and his teammates had to help him off the ground in that instance too. And then I think two or three plays, two or three, uh, you know, drives later, that's when the Milano hit. He pushed him. He and he fell down, and he came up looking like me leaving Pedler's daughter. Um, So I think the back injury was real. So in number, the number two scenario is he cleared the concussion protocol. He plays on Thursday night and he gets whiplashed and lassoed by the defensive tackle that brought him down. And we can see on the tape, he bounced his head off of the turf at the 50 yard line and he started fencing or number three, Tua lied when he was going in the concussion protocol about some of the, you know, symptoms. And even after, after the fact, you know, after the game on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Tua was lying about his symptoms. It's one of those three things. And for a team that has just been, you know, taken to the woodshed, we have an owner that's suspended, you know, up until I believe, you know, October because of tampering, we lost draft picks. We got five millions of dollars. Would it really behoove us to rush out a concussed athlete who didn't clear concussion protocols nowadays, would it behoove us to do that? Like, let's stop the let's stop the train. There's no malpractice here, in my opinion. You know whether or not they want to move the goalposts, the NFL PA, That's you know that's fine. That's within their prerogative. Doctor Sills was on the uh, NFL Network Sunday morning at the at the London game, and this is a direct quote from him. We don't believe there was any issues with the protocols with the Miami Dolphins. We just did not like the the outcome of the results. What does that mean? Like, if you cleared the protocol and yet you still don't like the fact that he cleared the protocol and there was no issue with how the, the tests were being done, then what does that mean? Then why have it in the first place? Why not just have Dr. Sills look at the videotape all the time and say, you know what, this out for at least 10 days because of concussion-like symptoms i i don't understand it jay
0: well was a simple cover your ass kind of comment though right at the end of the day like he he's trying to tiptoe around the uh the 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 messaging that hey listen at the end of the day our protocol has worked and we thought they worked unfortunately we all saw what happened on live TV, and the optics are bad that's what he wants to say but he's Mm tiptoeing around it
1: Mm mm-hmm but that that was just the weakest damn statement. That's right up there with like a billboard, you know, like going around on the internet. Just because you did it doesn't mean you're guilty. Like, what you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's the bizarre world that we're living in here.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see how this thing wraps up for Tua. But I hope he I hope he comes back. Hopefully, it's not one of those things where he's gone for the rest of the year because that'd be that'd be so
1: stupid. So. Mm-hmm.
0: all right let's move on to the uh two i'm sorry the one and three pittsburgh steelers going up to take on the three one buffalo bills and the pittsburgh steelers are a 14 point underdog bro that is a big number
1: yep yep and i am not touching that spread with a you know 10 foot pole or free money i want nothing to do with this game betting wise i think the bills win the game you know, hell, they could win by 17, Jay. And there's no problem at all. But they could also get up by, you know, 20 points and let the let the brakes off in the third and fourth quarter. And you know, there's a chance of a backdoor cover with the Steelers. But you know, in this game, you know, the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, they, they're dealing with they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. It started off with the secondary, you know, with uh, Poyer and Milano, and you know, I I don't even think Travis White has been act- activated off of IR from his you know ACL injury last season and. You know, Dane Jackson, I I don't think he's been cleared to play yet. So you still have Air Elam and another rookie in that secondary, you know, holding down the four and, you know, the defensive line has been dealing with some injuries, but now you have, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, like their number one slot guy. He's in concussion protocol. It's hopeful he's going to play this week. Uh, He was jogging off the field on Sunday uh, against the Ravens. So, you know, I don't think you're doing that if you're, you're suffering from a concussion type of deal Uh, But then, you know, Jameson Crowder broke his ankle. He's out for, you know, an indeterminate amount of time. Gabe Davis has been dealing with a nagging ankle injury. But with all that being said, you know, the the Steelers defense, uh, the Steelers as a whole, rather, are 0-5 in games that, you know, T.J. Watt has not played in. Um, You know, I know the Steelers got that spark from Kenny Pickett coming into the lineup uh, the second half of that Jets game. But, you know, I think this defense of the Bills and Leslie Frazier are going to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, but there is a budding connection between Pickett and and uh, and Pickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that you know there is a puncher's just always a puncher's chance any given Sunday. You know, you know that saying. But I think in this case, I think the Bills win this game outright. I, it might go north of forty six here, but I'm not touching the point spread of fourteen. Yeah,
0: and, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will definitely cover. I'm also I'm almost tempted to say they're going to outright win. Like I got a weird feeling about this game just because you know, the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a massive, like, huge slugfest against the Baltimore Ravens in what could be a potential AFC uh, AFC um, championship game, right? Um, they were down 23 against the Baltimore Ravens. It's raining. They were all the way back. Win a close game. Great for them. Now, next week after the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're playing the Chiefs as well. That's a massive game. So maybe they get caught looking forward ahead. And I do believe this Pittsburgh Steelers team is not 1-3. Like, I understand that's what their record is. It is what it is. But I think with Kenny Pickett having the first reps this week in practice, knowing he's a starter, I think we'll see a better performance out of him. Yeah, he threw, like, what, two or three picks against the Jets, and he, his performance was a little shaky. He showed some guts. He definitely he ran for two touchdowns, so I did, like, some of the moxie he showed but I think he will definitely be a, he have a much better showing uh, this upcoming Sunday. Now, the one thing I am concerned about, and this is one of the few times I'm going to criticize Mike Tomlin just because I think he completely fumbled the bag with how to how to start Kenny Pickett right. You know, at the be- beginning of the year, he said Kenny Pickett's not playing at all. Trubisky's going to be playing. We saw very early on Trubisky was pretty downright awful. The offense looked like all out of sorts, and I was, pu- I was pushing hard for, hopefully, that after a Thursday night football game against the Browns you know you have 10 days off that's when you can give Kenny Pickett all the first team reps and he can start against the Jets obviously that didn't happen they give Trubisky the first team reps he looked like ass and they pulled him halfway through that Jets game so now we're coming off of that game we're going to the Bills week I think it's it's looking at the schedule, like we're going to find out very quickly what Kenny Pickett's made out of. And I think he'll be fine just because you've got the Bills upcoming, you've got the Saints, you've got the Miami Dolphins who are still a formidable team. you got the Eagles who are 4-0 right after that. you got the Saints defense and then you got the Bengals right after that. So the next six games are, are very, very good teams and we're going to find out very quickly just how good Kenny Pickett is. But I truly believe... Mike Tomlin did this kid absolutely no favors with how badly he fumbled the whole situation with the starting quarterback. And I understand, mm-hmm. I understand how he uh, tur- turned turn around so quickly. Like, he was so definitive in his statement before the season started that there is no way Kenny Pickett's playing this year. I, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was a very definitive statement about how Trubis seen played for the whole year. Kenny Pickett's not playing, and now four weeks in, he's starting Kenny Pickett. So I don't know, understand how, what happened there.
1: I don't understand either. And this is kind of what you know, has blown my mind a bit with like, you know, the Trubisky experiment in Pittsburgh is like, you know, him coming out of North Carolina, like that was always the thing. And we saw that when, you know, he was, he brought the Chicago bears to the playoffs. Like he was athletic, he was mobile. He could throw on the run. He could throw off script. And I, I don't know if maybe he's just like, he was overthinking things, but like, there's no reason why he couldn't use his legs more to keep drives alive and to keep plays alive and to give the defense something else to think about because when you look at the second half of the game against the New York Jets, I mean, that's what Kenny Pickett was doing. Like, he was stepping up in the pocket, and you know the offensive line has been brutal all year. He was stepping up. He was moving the chains. He was making plays with his legs. He fell forward for two touchdowns in the red zone. He, he got popped big time by... Williams on I believe it was like it was a pass that would make it like first and goal to Fryermuth, and he just pops up and he's talking mad mad trash to Quinton Williams after he just popped him going through the a-gap you know I just I don't I don't know why like you know Trubisky was not doing plays like that you know maybe he's just in his own head at this point in his career but you know I think there is a chance that the Steelers cover this game like through the back door, but I want nothing to do with that. Um, the Steelers team—I know we want to give you know all the credit in the world to Tomlin, and really Tomlin deserves a bunch of credit for what he's done with the Steelers throughout his career. But I mean, this this is a—I'm sorry, this is a bad this is a bad team right now. The offensive line is a mess. Najee Harris can't really get the get it going. He's a bit uh, behind this offensive man. line. Big disappointment. He, And this is what I mean. This is what I was telling you leading up to you know the fantasy drafts when you were talking about Najee Harris. I'm like, the offensive line is bad, and he's been battling a foot injury. And this foot injury, they're not going to make a big deal out of it, but you know I think it's going to be nagging at him the rest of the season. Maybe he's going to get a you know more work like he did last year with Geriatric Ben on like the checkdowns, just because you know the rookie's going to lean on tight ends and the checkdowns out of the backfield. So maybe that's something to get this offense going a little bit, but. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills, I don't think it's a week this week. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to the 2-2 uh, two and two Cincinnati Bengals going up to play the 2-2 two and two Baltimore Ravens on Sunday football. This is going to be an absolutely great matchup. And I mean, right off the bat, I'm going to say it. I mean, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to absolutely trounce the Baltimore Ravens. Like, I, I think that Baltimore Ravens defense... It's four weeks in, and it's getting worse by the day. And the only reason why the Buffalo Bills last week didn't score more points is because they're playing through a monsoon with the remnants of Hurricane Ian coming up the eastern seaboard. So, like, that that defense for the Ravens, and I don't understand how a John Harbaugh-Ravens defense is this bad. There was actually a clip of, who was it, Marcus Peters and John Harbaugh going back and forth in regards yep. to on the sidelines. Mark so, Andrews
1: wasn't happy either.
0: Th- there's a lot of dysfunction there with that team, which I didn't expect at all. Couple that with the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals seems to be like they're gelling into form as well. Joey B and the offense is looking much better. He has six touchdowns or and zero picks for the last three weeks. I know week one he had a horrendous performance with four interceptions, but ever since then, day by day, they've really started getting better, and I do see better old line play out of that. Um, out of that uh, Cincinnati Bengals team. I expect Jamar Chase to have a massive game. If you're a fantasy owner and you have him and you're waiting for him to break out, this is the week. I mean, that defense is terrible. He's going to go off, probably get a couple touchdowns. You know, that, that that's my uh, fantasy advice for you guys. On the other hand, Lamar Jackson, right? At the end of the day, like, I, I hate going down this road because Lamar Jackson is an MVP. He's great. He deserves all his money. But for some reason, I don't know why, but every, like, fourth quarter, every, like, fifth, sixth quarter, he for some reason has a stinker of a quarter. Like he just goes back to reverting reverting back into like a high school quarterback and I don't know what it is, but like every so often he'll just revert back to being a complete trash of a quarterback and he makes all kinds of mistakes. I don't know how to how to put it more eloquently, but you know as great as he is, he's got to work on being more consistent all the way through a game. The, the pick that he threw late in that game was absolutely oh God. outrageous. Was
1: Because dying quick.
0: It's not even that. The situation, he's got to understand, if he throws that pick right there in the end zone, that ball's coming to a 20-yard line. But if that ball is incomplete and you get a turnover on downs and Buffalo Bills get the ball back, at the two-yard line, so like that right there... Two and twenty yard line could be a difference between Buffalo Bills being aggressive or being content with going to overtime. You feel me? So there's a lot that he's gonna understand on the situational part of the game and I know he's a great player, but I just can't I just can't shake the fact that every so often he just looks horrible.
1: Right. No, I'm I'm right with you there. And you know, John Harbaugh, like, you know, it, you know, kudos to you know, the you know, him listening to the analytics department and going for it on fourth downs at crucial spots. But like The key is, is you have to hit on going for it on fourth down. And, you know, Marcus Peters was, you know, looking for blood on the sideline from Harbaugh. And, you know, Mark Andrews had a couple of interesting and pointed comments post-game about this. Um, But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, you need to understand the situation. And, you know, Lamar forced the ball where he really shouldn't have, where Poyer comes up with it. And it wasn't even like that ball had a lot of zip. That thing was just, you know, a floater. Uh, That had no life to it, uh, in my opinion, in the quarter of the end zone. Uh, But, you know, Jay, here's the thing. Logic wants me to take the Bengals, you know, not just to win outright. I mean, they're plus three uh, against the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. But the problem I have is, is slap nuts Zach Taylor. Because, you know, you could see it in the Dolphins game. And I don't understand why he went away from this. Like, he would pass the ball. You would get, like, chunk plays from Jamar Chase or Boyd or or whoever. And then they would try to force-feed the ball to Joe Mixon, and he would run into a brick wall. And it would just kill drives the whole time. That's why the, the Dolphins were in the game. I don't know why he wasn't taking advantage of, you know, our depleted secondary on Thursday night football. And, you know, on paper, the Ravens should be, you know, the Ravens defense should be given up, you know, a 50 spot. And, you know, the Bengals should just actually absolutely take them to the woods, woodshed and drop 50 on them. But I just I have a hard time with Slap Nuts Taylor. Um, I, I don't I I think this is gonna be a close game. I am leaning towards Baltimore winning Whoa. at home just because of my lack of confidence in the Zach Taylor play calling here. It, it, it was mad on Thursday night football. Now it's going to be on prime time. And I, I I'm going to go, I'll go against the grain here. I'll go with the Ravens laying the three points. And the weather seems
0: to be no issue at all. It's going to be sixty-four, clear, sunny, beautiful night in Baltimore. So it's going to be one of those nights where you can air it out if you needed to, unlike that, mm-hmm. that that monsoon they played in. That was, that was a horrible game. Both that game, yeah. that uh, Eagles Jaguars game. There's a couple of games on the Eastern Seaboard that really were affected by the weather and the remnants of Hurricane Ian coming up the coast. Yep. All right, um, let's move on to the final game that we're going to be previewing on. Uh, was it Monday Night Football? We've got the one and three Las Vegas Raiders coming off of a much
1: needed win against the Denver
0: Broncos, taking on the three and one Kansas City Chiefs. Puma, we got one of this game, man.
1: As much as I love Waller, as much as I love the Raiders, you know the saying "fool me once, shame on me." You know, fool me, "fool me twice," you know, "shame on you" type of deal. Maybe I got it inverse here. Uh, I, I, the Chiefs are a seven point favorite. I I kind of make this line a little bit more. Um, the, the Raiders defense is not that great, <laughs> despite what they did to Russell Wilson uh-huh. and let's die in the Broncos. Let's and rad. And, and not, but like, you know, I, I, we, we've seen it over the years. Maybe it'll change because Tyree Hill isn't here, but I'm not going to fade the Raiders, you know, fade the chiefs at this point, you know, right now at home uh, against the Raiders, you know, the Raiders have the back against the wall. Like they got to come out swinging you know, at at this juncture of the game. But, I mean, god damn, man. Mahomes is a freaking magician back there. And, like, we saw that on Sunday night uh, against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, you know, my problem with the Raiders, Jay, it's not even just, like, from fantasy. It's just from, like, a reality perspective. Like, he just traded – draft picks and you signed Devonte adams to this mega contract you signed darren waller to this you know mega contract that puts him in the upper echelon of tight end you know the tight end market for you know annual contract value and whatnot hunter renfro has been out for the last three weeks with a concussion and you're still trying you're, you're either trying to force feed the ball to Devonte adams or you're not going to Devonte adams or or darren waller red zone and Matt Collins becomes your number one wide receiver it's the most maddening thing I've seen from the Raiders here I, I I don't know what else to say here give me the Chiefs laying the seven points they might win by 14 at home and it, I, I would not be surprised at all so give me the Kansas City Chiefs you know Raiders fans that are going to be upset at Like, I'm sorry, but I just, I can't back the Las Vegas Raiders right now. And I'm saying that as a guy that has the Raiders to win, that's holding a Raiders to win the AFC West, you know, betting ticket. So I just, I can't back them right now.
0: Yeah, and I wish uh, I was more analytical like you, Puma. I wish I didn't think with my heart because my head says pick the the Chiefs, but I can't, man. I'm sorry. I, I hate the Chiefs so much. I can't stand Patrick Mahomes. Everything about him makes me cringe, man. His face, his stupid number. The way he talks, it's just like, oh, this curly hair, his wife, all of it. I just I just can't stand, man. And, like, it's getting to a point where, like, you know my hate for the Mannings. He's, like, starting to creep up in there with them as well. So, with that being said, I'm taking the Raiders to win, baby. This is the only time I'm going to be like, all right, let's go, Raiders. Autumn win. Here we
1: come. <laughs> Autumn win. <laughs> Give Do me. you think there's hope? Do you think there's hope with Josh Jacobs I, I kind think, of getting resurgent? I think so. I,
0: think so. I mean, I, was, okay. I I loved what I saw out of that running attack and Josh Jacob. I mean, what, he had two touchdowns, 144 yards. Adams had a 100-yard game. I, I think I'm starting to see a little bit of life on that offense. It's starting to gel. And, and let's be real. I, I think it was a little unrealistic for us to expect Derek Carr and the Raiders and uh, Devontae happens to pick up week one with the new offense. I mean, that offense he's learning was Brady's old offense. It's very complicated. It's very intricate. There's, every single route has like six different options off of it. So it will take some time to gel. It will take some time. And I think that's where Wallace problem might be coming in. Like, it's hard for some of these players to pick up that old offense. I know there was a bunch of issues with new players that would come into that Patriots offense. They just weren't. Picking it up and that will lead to their in the, in the, in the what do you call the uh, their bad play on the football field. So I, I think I'm seeing some light out of those guys. I think it's gonna get better. I mean this is a real test if anything. And what I liked the most was Max Crosby. Obviously Max Crosby had two, two, uh, two sacks. But then Chandler Jones also put a bunch of pressure on Russell Wilson. Obviously, it didn't come out in the stats with sacks, but the pressures were there. He made him uncomfortable all night long. And I think I think Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are gonna get after after Patrick Mahomes. So don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if somehow the Raiders win in and, Kansas City and then they start circling the the stadium with the bus with the bus again.
1: <laughs> if they win, if they win, I will be ecstatic and over the moon. Mm-hmm. But I, I I gotta see it. I got, I got, I gotta see it. You win you went on arrow, you went an arrowhead again. I will, I will get back into the buying the Raider stock pool, but I, I, I see it at this point. Well,
0: here's the thing. Like, I, I think this is a critical game. If they do win this game, they're like what, what two and three? And then they've got the Texans, the Saints, probably with Andy Dalton, maybe depending on how Jameis looks. Oh,
1: it might be Taysom Hill? The, the, you know what Jag- I mean?
0: The Jaguars, the Colts who look bad, the Broncos again who they just beat. I mean, there's some winnable games here in the next four or five weeks. If they somehow get a two and three, I would not be shocked if they beat the 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 Chiefs and they go on run. And we're looking at maybe a five and three team or a five and four team in a few weeks.
1: I hope so. Again, I will be I will be ecstatic and over the moon, not just for the Raiders and my AFC West ticket. But also for Yesss yeah. as the Raiders fan. Yeah,
0: she's she's down and out right now. She was talking so much shit before the season. Haven't heard a peep out of her in a couple of days, A couple of weeks.
1: Welfare check. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well that does it for the game previews. We got one last segment, Puma. This is the uh, the best bets with Puma.
1: All right, the best bets with the Puma. You want to cash in? You're gonna follow my picks here. Uh and, you know, I, again at the top, uh, I got the Miami Dolphins laying three points against the New York Jets. I I said in the game preview, I'm I'm not really the you know, I, I understand like that Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable serviceable backup here. Um, but uh, you know, I think at this point I'm taking the Dolphins laying to three points, hoping that Zach Wilson throws the pick six and you know, we cover that way. But otherwise it's not it's not the most comfortable of picks. If you don't follow this pick, I won't blame you for it. Uh, I'll say this much though, if the Jets get to three and a half you might want to take a look at that at that point and make a pivot to go to the Jets if they're getting three and a half points. I have the over 46 in the Seahawks-Saints game. I mean, the Seahawks against the Lions last week, that was, you know, must-see TV. I think there was 1,000 total yards, damn near hit 100 total points combined. We're going to be inside in the Thunderdome. You know, Andy Dalton, yeah, it's the red rifle, which is now the red pop gun. But, you know, you got Chris Olave there. Uh, you you know, Mark Ingram might be taking over if uh, if Al Tamar is, you know, another in, a surprise inactive uh, like he was last week uh, you know, across the pond. Uh, maybe Mike Thomas is going to, you know, get back to the semblance of himself. But I do think this is going to be an over game. I think Gino is going to be throwing the ball all over the field. It seems like he's getting a rapport with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And uh, I mean, look at that, Jay. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson leaves and they upgrade a quarterback in Seattle with Geno Smith. Uh, who had that on the bingo card? But given the over 46 in this game, I got the Minnesota Vikings laying seven points against the Chicago Bears. The Vikings are at home. They just came back from, uh, you know, winning across the pond against the Saints. The Bears are damn damn near wor- I don't know how how worse he can get from Atrocious, oh gosh, but that's so what the bad. that's what the Bears are. So bad. I mean Justin Fields look, you know. Looks bad. I don't know if they, they have bad. no faith in him throwing the football or they're trying to put the, the clock back to the 1930s where people wore leather helmets, but you know, he's not getting it done through the air. He's not really they're not really letting him move around the pocket. Whenever he has time to step down, da- you know, step back and do a drop back, uh, he's getting murdered by that offensive line. You know, Khalil Herbert's gonna be bat, you know, gonna be playing. Maybe David Montgomery's gonna be coming back in that backfield, but that doesn't give me any confidence. Um, you know, they 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 suck at stopping the run. This is probably gonna be a big Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison game here. Um, I expect Justin Jefferson to find the end zone, especially with this game being at one o'clock. It's not prime time, so we don't have to worry about Kirby Cousins showing up here. So I'm laying the seven points with the Vikings. Uh my next bet here. Uh, The Cleveland Browns uh, getting three points against the LA Chargers. It's a bad travel spot. I know the Chargers won against the Houston Texans. I think they won by like uh, 10 or, you know, 10 points or so. Uh, But, you know, they're traveling across country. Their defense is bad at stopping the run. And what's the one thing that the the Browns are good at, which is running the football. I think it's going to be a a big Nick Chubb game. I think it's going to be a big Kareem Hunt game. And, you know, maybe – just maybe the Browns will figure out how to close games out because they're great three quarters of the game. And then for some reason, the fourth quarter comes and like our boy, you know, Scott Hansen in uh, red zone, the bewitching hour happens and they just lay, lay a, you know, lay an egg and they find ways to lose the game. I think they win this game outright. So I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns getting the three points against the chargers here. Uh, maybe, Clowney will be back. Maybe Miles Garrett will be back. This offensive line is going to be under duress at points. You know, I think Justin Herbert's going to, you know, feel the pressure a bit in this game. And the last bet, Jay, to round it out is the barn burner on Thursday night football. It is the Indianapolis Colts traveling to mile high against the Denver Broncos. And I'm taking the Colts at plus three and a half. I got this before the injury news came out for Jonathan Taylor. He's going to miss this game. Uh, But that's not going to really deter me at this point. Uh, There's still a lot left to be desired for this Denver Broncos team, this offense, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, The Broncos just lost their star running back, uh, Javante Williams. So now it's going to be the Melvin Gordon show and Mike Boone and Latavius Murray. You know, hopefully Melvin Gordon can hold on the football and not, you know, continue the path of being Tiki Barber with the fumble issue. But, you know, I think this is going to be a big Naheem Hines game. You know, we know that uh, Matt Ryan likes to, you know, check the ball down to the running back. Historically, I should say, he likes to check the ball down to his running back from the Atlanta Falcons days. I don't think he's been doing that a whole lot while he was up in Indianapolis. But, you know, I think this is, this is a low-scoring game. Uh, it's, a, it's you know, a field goal type of situation here. So I'll, I'll be happy to take the three-and-a-half points from the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yeah, two things on my game, and I'm actually looking forward to watching this game just because, like I said, I'm about half a quarter away, or like a half, maybe a quarter away from saying... Russell Wilson's cashed, because, like, I haven't seen anything out of him, besides maybe, like, three drives where I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's the old Russell Wilson in the first four weeks that make me uh, hopeful that he's going to return to form, but if he comes out, if there's not football, and he lays another egg, man, like, I'm just going to call it a career for him, because, like, maybe the Seahawks knew something, right? It's no surprise that Geno Smith is out there throwing up, like, what, 77% completion through four games, 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions, like, he has a rate quarterback rating, that's absolutely insane, so... Maybe mm-hmm. it is on Russell Wilson, but the other thing I want to talk about real quick, and we'll end the podcast on this, what's happening in Indianapolis? I have absolutely no idea what's happening in Indianapolis, because like, I know the quick and easy thing to say is Matt Ryan looks bad, and yes, he does at times look bad, but I think there's bigger issues there, man. Like, I, I think there's some serious issues, and now I'm seeing there's some heat being put on the GM and the head coach as well. So what's yep. your take on what's happening in Indianapolis? How did it get this bad this quick?
1: I mean, this is what happens when you don't have an established quarterback. I mean, Frank Reich came into the situation years ago thinking that he was going to have at least five years with Andrew Luck. And hell, Jay, when we saw Frank Reich get hired, we said this is a Super Bowl team. They went to the AFC Divisional Round the year before against the Kansas City Chiefs and they lost. And I was like, all right, with this defense and Andrew Luck is you know finally coming into his own. You know, it it seems like this is a match made in heaven with with Frank Reich. And I think this was – I'm sorry. I apologize. This was Frank Reich's first year when they went to the playoffs. And then the next year when we all thought this is a Super Bowl-bound team, they're going to easily win the AFC South. uh, And, you know, hey, if you want to, you know, bet the Colts to win the Super Bowl, I would not look at you sideways. You know, Luck retires. They have the Jacoby Brissett experiment, you know, doing the best that he can to fill in for the situation. But, you know, then you go from, like, the Philip Rivers experiment, and then you go Carson Wentz, and then you go to Matt Ryan now. And, like, it's it's essentially the same team with a different quarterback every year. And, you know, yeah, is Frank Reich responsible for some of this? Yeah, I'm not going to absolve him of everything. But you definitely have to start looking at the the general manager's box and Chris Ballard. And it's like, okay. You haven't been able to find a quarterback in the draft that you want to develop or you don't want to trade for a young talent. I mean, Jay, we all know what Justin Fields is right now mm-hmm. in Chicago. But, like, would you – like, I would like to assume that if he's with the offensive-minded oh, yeah. coach, he, he would actually flourish under Frank Reich. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, the offensive line for Indianapolis is not the best. It's not like it was last year or the year prior. But it's, it's light years better than what it is in Chicago, and you're, maybe that regime in Chicago is not high on Justin Fields because they didn't draft him. Uh, but, I mean, you have to get young talent in there and develop them. Whether you're trading for a young talent, you can probably get Justin Fields on a – not like a discount uh, because, you know, his contract's guaranteed. But, you know, you might be on the hook for the 50-year option in two years if you decide to pick it up. But, I mean, you can't just keep recycling these, you know – guys on the back nine of their career or or whatnot and i think that's the big problem here is they have not had consistency at the quarterback position and now it's rearing its head and you know in no world did i re- like i have the the jaguars like actually possibly winning the afc south i always said like in a chaos series you know chaos world scenario like dart throw okay like if you want to put money down the jaguar win the afc south i wouldn't look at you funny but i mean Jay, that that's, like, about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that that mm-hmm. is really – that is a very real possibility that it might be Jacksonville at one. Obviously, the Houston Texans are going to be bringing up the caboose at fourth. But, I mean, that second-to-last-place team, like, I did not have the Indianapolis Colts on the possibly being that – on the bingo card.
0: Well, especially with the Titans rebuilding because we all know and we all can see the Titans are – definitely in a state of flux. They're not as strong as they used to be. Ryan Tannehill seems to be on the outs. Malik Wilson's playing here and there. So, I, I think that I, I expected that Titans team to have a little bit of a step back this year, not be a playoff team. But right now, it looks like it's a two-team race between the Jaguars and the Titans for that division, right? And mm-hmm. that was a shock to me because I thought, Matt Ryan, that offensive line, those weapons, Frank Reich, Matt Ryan, I mean, at the end of the day, I know he, he gets a lot of flack for 28-3. And, but there was a time in this league where he was the MVP of the league, and he was just Aaron that left and right and I don't see any decline in his own talent you know maybe with normal age you see a little bit of a drop off maybe 10 percent of what he used to be but it's still he's still a very serviceable quarterback and I expected a lot more out of him I think a lot of this comes down to he just couldn't get the running game established right the Indianapolis has always been known for those big models up front establishing the round uh, establishing the ground and pound game play action off of that just do, they do so many different concepts off the run game that The fact that now John Taylor is hurt and and they haven't been able to run the ball, I think that's most of their concerns there. And I don't expect that of a Frank Wright
1: coach team. Neither. Did not have that on the bingo card. But, hey, man, if you have fantasy, if you got Naheem Hines on your fantasy team, man, you better fire him up. up, Because he's he's going to get work. He's going to get work in this game. And, you know, the, the Denver Broncos, it's not just, you know, Javante Williams with the knee injury. You know, Rand- Randy Gregory, is uh, he had a knee procedure. He was actually having a really good year uh, defensively for the Broncos at this point. Uh, that's a big loss in the defense. So, you know, higher uh, uh, up, Naheem Hines. You know, Mo Ali cox in the red zone. If you want to bet on him to, like, you know, anytime score, maybe Alec Pierce. Like, I, I think this is put- – if they don't get right in this game – I don't. I don't really know what it is, Jay. I. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. Because you know, as weird as it sounds, I think this is a get right game, even with they with them traveling on the road to Mile High. Okay, let me see if
0: Naheem Hines is available in my league. Naheem... Hines. Oh dang! Somebody has him. Up. Oh, never mind. Never sad. mind. Sad. Sad. Sad face. I'm running backwise Who's was available. Madison's available. Montgomery, I dropped his ass. Mark Ingram, McKinnon. Oh, there's some crap running backs available right now. Oof. Let me take a look at the wide receivers real quick while I have you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Juju's been dropped. I might pick him up.
1: There you go. Another guy you might want to stash, you know, potentially is, Mm -hmm. I know everyone's high on, like, the two young running backs for the Atlanta Falcons right now. But, uh, you know, Damian Williams is eligible to come off of IR next week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you have a bench spot and you want to stash him mm-hmm. and see if you actually give him the keys to the car when he comes back as the veteran running back, I wouldn't look at you funny because that's what I did. Okay. All right.
0: Okay, Puma. Well, that uh, that's at 55 minutes. Do you want to plug it up and get out of here?
1: Yeah, let's get the hell out of Dodge. So this episode of the podcast and previous episodes of the pod – uh can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube under Pro Football Radio Podcast. If you want listening to us on YouTube, be sure to hit that little bell button, the subscribe button to get notified when the uh, the episode is in your feed. Jay Chima chopping this up the captain that he is into little segments to, you know, really break it down for you. Uh Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Uh, Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well, too. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter Machine, at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter Machine, Brando underscore Puma. And the captain that drives the ship, Jay Chima, is at Jay Chima. (laughs) Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on social media, hit us up in the DMs. You know, we're more than happy to uh, to converse with y'all to go over some betting stuff, fantasy football, real life football takes. Um, have at it. You want to hear me go toe to toe against the uh, Twitter doctors? By all means, find me in my DMs at Brando underscore Plumo. All right. Well,
0: thank you
1: guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Via Condio.